Welcome to For the Record with Daniel Fontaine, where we focus on civic and urban issues impacting New Westminster and beyond. For the Record puts it on the record, when and where it counts. Now let's begin. Welcome to this edition of For the Record. We have a great uh, program for you today, cover a lot of topics. I have special guest, uh, Councillor Paul Minas, and again, we're going to go over the February 5th Council meeting. There were some uh, interesting discussions, a couple of motions. One was focusing in on a delegation to head over to meet with Mayor Brad West and their council, as well as their staff, to learn how they're investing in core services, keeping their taxes down. Thought there might be some lessons to be learned there, so we'll talk to you a little bit about how Council felt about that and whether that motion was approved or not. Also, a motion to look at resident association budgets um, to see if there's any way to give them a little bit of a boost in their budget because they do some great work. And so there was a motion brought forward. So I'll fill you in on kind of how that uh, transpired. We also had a very uh, short uh, council meeting. It got truncated. Um, unfortunately, uh, about eight or nine uh, uh, folks who came to speak to council were unable to do so due to a disruption that took place at the council chamber, which resulted in us having to adjourn. Uh, much earlier into the evening than we had anticipated. So touch upon a little bit upon that. And we're going to play Bell or Buzzer, a very popular uh, game that's uh, getting lots of positive feedback uh, on for the record. So people have been encouraging me to continue playing Bell or Buzzer. So we're going to play Bell or Buzzer, an extended version with uh, Councillor Minhas. And of course, um, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. And uh, he wasn't provided with any of the questions or answers before. So we'll see how well that he does. But uh, that's for the record. We got that plus a lot more, just an update on some uh, community events that are happening. And you're going to want to sit back and enjoy the podcast. Um, uh, it's a great discussion. Hello, Councillor Minhas. Welcome to For the Record with Daniel Fontaine. This is another one of our council roundups, and we're going to be going over the uh, special council meeting that took place on a special day, February 5th. I've got that date marked in my calendar because that just happened to be my birthday, Council Minhas. So um, we're going to talk about my birthday, Council. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Daniel. And uh, I want to wish you a very happy birthday. Thank you so much. And so we're going to jump right on into it because there's a lot to cover. It was a lot of discussion um, at the uh, the council meeting on February 5th, but it, it is a meeting that got cut short. So we didn't actually finish our business. We're going to talk a little bit about that later. The meeting was abruptly shut down and put into recess as a result of a bit of a disruption. And um, But we will cover off today a lot of the topics that we did get to, and we did do some of the people's business before that was, but that was interrupted. So on the agenda, uh, we had um, a few mundane things. Uh, maybe some people don't consider them as mundane, but we did have a construction noise bylaw exemption request for 660 Keyside Drive. That's those two big towers right on the waterfront. And uh, there's going to be a little bit of noise there. I, oh, I think I can hear that noise. Yeah, okay, there's, yeah, well, maybe that's not the same noise, but they're going to have some noise. And uh, Councillor Minas, you recused yourself. So if somebody's watching the recording and it says you recused yourself from that, what does that mean so people understand? Yes, um, I live uh, and work uh, very close to these properties, so I would have been in conflict of interest and I had to step outside, so I'm not in, um, in conflict of interest. Right, so you left the room and the remainder of That's council. That's right, I had yeah. to leave the room and then uh, it was a quick decision and... Uh, 
came back into the room after that. Yep, and I believe while you were gone, uh, council did uh, approve that. So that that's construction right. noise bylaw exemption request was approved. So I believe that the big crane that's there on the sh on the smaller tower will be coming down very soon. That may cause a little bit of noise and disruption for the local residents. So hopefully not not too much. Um, there was another item on the agenda 3.2, and that was development cost charges expenditure bylaw, a fairly um, standard thing. We also had a heritage. Uh, item 3.3, a heritage revitalization agreement and heritage designation for 203 uh, Pambina Street in uh, in Queensboro. There was a heritage tree that was preserved there. It's been a project that's been kind of, um, we've been seeing that coming uh, to council. Um, this was the first and second readings. Um, again, 203 Pambina Street, and that was approved, I believe, on right. yeah on consent. Um, there was the the larger of the, the items that were kind of in the consent agenda, but did get pulled, meaning we, we asked for it to have a separate vote, and that was budget 2024. So you and I have had, I can't even count how many meetings we've had on the budget, how many times this has come back. It's been a, a numerous uh, opportunities to kind of have discussions. You, the, the mayor kind of alluded to in the debate that you weren't asking any questions or that you didn't seem to have uh, any issues with the budget. Um, perhaps you can, um, you can comment on that because I know I did. I, I talked about the fact that we've moved a lot of motions. Like you've some, moved some motions. I asked a lot of questions um, and uh, and we ended up that night not voting for the budget because of the 7.7% uh, proposed tax increase. But what's what was your thoughts when that was pulled and then you had the opportunity to cast your ballot again? Yeah, let me answer first uh, about what the mayor uh, mentioned about me not asking questions. Uh, there's seven of us in the council chambers uh, and when you hear certain questions that you might have written down that you need to ask, if it's already been asked, I don't need to ask it again. And uh, as well as a lot of the times, both myself and yourself, we go over a lot of these questions. And if you have already asked those questions again, it's pointless for me to keep asking the same questions and repeat myself and uh, ask the staff members to keep answering the same question over and over again. Um, everybody knows I'm not much of a public speaker, but at the same token, um, both yourself and there's a lot of other council members do a wonderful job of asking these questions. I do have certain questions, and and both, uh, again, myself and yourself, we uh, go over these questions. Mm -hmm. So it's not that I didn't ask the questions. Yes, maybe physically in the chamber, I did not ask those questions. And the mayor might be right on that. But... Having said that, I don't have any questions, and I did not ask the questions is a little absurd on uh, on the mayor's part. Yeah, you and I have had uh, countless discussions, and and as That's you right. as you alluded to, I've raised a lot of questions. You've you've seconded and, and brought forward some motions on both the the budget specifically and other budget related items, and um, yeah, we we voted against it. We we talked about how. Uh, right now, people are struggling uh, with costs and a, an almost 8% tax hike, which we, I believe is a record uh, tax hike when you combine it with last year's 6 point, I think 4% tax hike. That's over 14%. That's right. Uh, you know, especially this day and age, uh, Daniel. Uh, even this morning, actually, um, I was at my workplace and uh, I was just having a coffee outside and um, I saw a certain business owner um, within the downtown core um, is about to shut his doors. 
with a high inflation rate, high interest rates, just day-to-day challenges that we small business owners face. It is uh, it's, it's beyond me uh, as to how much taxes we are raising within the lower uh, within our city and uh, almost being second highest in the lower mainland. Yes. Paul, you raise a really good point because a lot of times people forget that these property taxes not only are for residential properties, but also for small businesses. And it is a tough goal for small businesses right now. I know you're a small business owner and I hear from small business owners all the time that um, encouraging council to try to be awfully careful when they're looking at, at uh, tax hikes and tax increases because it sometimes is the matter, uh, the difference between staying open and closing, like you said, and 14%, I'm going to repeat that number, over 14% in two years is pure, it's just completely unsustainable. I mean, at this rate, we're looking at, if we do that um, over the term of this council, Paul, we will have increased property taxes by 28% if we continue to go down this road over four years. That's just, that, that just is mind boggling. And that's why for me, I mean, we could have moved a bunch of motions. We could have asked a bunch of questions. But at the end of the day, you kind of look at yourself and you say that number 5252 comes in because so many of the motions and so many of the amendments and so many of the things we tried to do to look at bringing costs down or keeping taxes down were voted down 5 to 2. Daniel, this is uh, absolutely not sustainable um, as a small business owner. Again, we're not a corporation. Uh, we don't have a flexibility as to... Uh, how we can make certain decisions. But at the end of the day, we got to face these challenges day in, day out. And it's not just even me about being a small business owner. But when constantly hear from different business owners, we're all in the same boat. Um, I remember one of the uh, business owners on Columbia Street mentioned about money doesn't grow on trees for us. You know, we don't just shake a, a branch or a tree and, and we collect that money. We work very, very hard, or in this case, all these business owners, small business owners, they work very, very mm-hmm. hard uh, to just keep the doors open. But at what point do they decide that enough is enough? That goes back to what I was saying earlier, that the small business owner that I met today, uh, he uh, basically said that he's got maybe a month or two left, and he just cannot sustain it anymore. But Paul, you know, you, you and I, again, have talked about this. Um, we have great staff, so I'll put that on the record. We have some amazing staff, some of the best staff in Metro Vancouver. But we have failed leadership. We have leadership at the top, and I'm, and I'm, I'm looking directly at the mayor on this, leadership that has just, um, you know, failed in terms of its, its ability to lead the city. And it's time and time again, it's, it's led to a, a dysfunctional city hall, notwithstanding the great staff. And uh, New Westminster deserves better, in my opinion. You're absolutely right, Daniel. Um, Let me uh, reword it again. Let me re-say it again, that the staff that we have at the City Hall are just absolutely amazing, and they do a wonderful job. And again, uh, even at the last uh, council meeting on Monday, the motion that I was trying to bring forward, um, that we should take a trip to... Uh, which we're going to talk about in a moment. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I did mention about that leadership starts at the top. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, we need a clear direction, a vision, 
uh, somebody that can lead the city hall, the staff, and the council as well. But again, when it's a one-way street and you keep getting defeated at 5-2-5-2-5-2, it's very, very challenging to come up with ideas that can help us collectively to move forward uh, in the right way. You know, uh, we kind of alluded to it at the debate. We're going to talk about it in a moment because we're going to come up to that motion and that part of the agenda. But, you know, um, kind of alluded and kind of joked about it, but it's actually a, a lot of people have, have come up to you and I and said, is there any way that we could get Mayor Brad West to be uh, running and <laughs> be the mayor of New Westminster? Because speaking of leadership, I mean, he's in a different city in Port Coquitlam, but you know, um, we have unfortunately been burdened with failed leadership. We've been burdened with divisive approaches at council. Um, and we've got a city hall that's now become, uh, in my opinion, uh, one of the most dysfunctional in Metro Vancouver. And you know what, Paul, that says a lot because there are some dysfunctional councils in the lower mainland. But when I look at Port Coquitlam and I look at the mayor, like you said around, it starts from the top, like the mayor had, there has set the tone. And we're going to, you're going to hear from Brad in a moment. Uh, we're going to play a clip from him later in the podcast. But when you hear a Brad's vision and you hear where he's going and how he's trying to bring his council together, not divide them, not break them apart. Um, that's the type of leadership that we just so sorely lack in New Westminster uh, under Mayor Johnstone. Absolutely correct. Um, again, uh, you know, uh, there's different ways to address a lot of things. But being very divisive uh, time and time again on different topics doesn't really help anybody. Uh, at the end of the day, we, we have to look at a bigger picture as elected officials. What are we going to do collectively to move forward? And when the topic uh, becomes divisive, uh, creating divisions is not a good idea especially when our real mandate is to take care of the core services for the city. And, and Brad West, uh, Mayor Brad West has done an exceptional job of leading his team, his council, along with the staff members, uh, and, and they're reaping the rewards, and, uh, and everybody's talking about it, about them in the Lower Mainland. So we had another item 3.6, a construction noise bylaw exemption request, and that was for uh, Metro Vancouver valve replacements at 660 East Columbia. I think that got approved. And then at that point, we read in a few bylaws um, that uh, in relation to some of the earlier discussions that we had. And then we moved over to uh, motions from council, and there were only two motions from council. Uh, one of them was from yourself, and one of them was from myself. And we're going to start with that first motion, and it kind of uh, builds on our previous discussion around Mayor Brad West. But you moved a motion, uh, item 7.1, and uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what that motion was all about and what transpired? Yeah, basically it was a motion uh, that where us uh, in council, we can take a trip to Port Coquitlam, uh, meet uh, Mayor Brad West and his council and uh, talk and discuss as to what they are doing so effectively, um, you know, they in creating uh, such low taxes for their residents and business owners, and yet being able to provide some amazing infrastructure uh, from uh, amazing uh, 
rinks that they have provided, uh, free parking spaces they have provided, and so many other things uh, that we can talk about. You know what, Paul? I think this is a good segue and a good opportunity for us to hear directly from Mayor Brad West. Pull the little clip off of his Facebook page or the city's uh, uh, page. Let's hear from Mayor Brad West. Linda, and I'd love for you to comment after you've heard this clip. Just compare that to what you think a Mayor Johnstone video might sound like if it was talking about our 14% plus uh, tax increases. So let's hear from Mayor Brad West, the Mayor of Port Coquitlam. Hello, Port Coquitlam. It's Mayor Brad West, and I'm here with an update on our 2023 budget. I know many families in our community are feeling the pressure of rising costs. And if you look around, you'll see many cities are projecting property tax increases in the double digits. I'm incredibly proud to tell you that in Port Coquitlam, we're proposing an increase of 3.38% for property taxes and utilities combined. Our council worked incredibly hard and took extra time to go by our budget line by line and work with our staff to identify savings and to make responsible decisions. At the same time, I'm equally as proud of the fact that while we put forward a responsible budget, we're also not compromising on the core services that you depend on. This proposed budget makes key investments in our community's priorities. Some of the improvements in the 2023 budget include new police officers, new firefighters, upgrades to parks, increased flood protection, a new Terry Fox sculpture, and upgraded city infrastructure in every neighborhood of Port Coquitlam. This budget builds upon the responsible approach to managing your tax dollars that this city has become known for. In fact, Port Coquitlam now has the second lowest property taxes of the 21 municipalities in Metro Vancouver, and over the last 10 years has seen the lowest property tax increases. We work very hard to get this right for our residents. Paul, you, you just heard uh, Mayor Brad West, very short little clip there. Boy, does that ever sound like a Mayor A with a vision? <laughs> and it sounds like a Mayor that's uh, sharpening his pencil and making sure he's delivering on the core services for his community. And he's not ashamed and not he's very proud of the fact that he's keeping his taxes down while at the same time making investments in core services. Daniel, um, Mayor Brad West uh, should be absolutely proud of himself uh, and the council uh, of Port Coquitlam should be absolutely proud of themselves. Uh, this is absolutely amazing as to the amount of work that they're doing uh, within their community uh, and at uh, such low uh, taxes. Now, Paul, let's get back to, for if we can, to your motion, because we just heard Mayor West. Now, I kind of interrupted you by throwing in the clip with, with uh, Mayor Brad West, but you were talking about the motion that you had brought forward, and that motion was for what? It was basically um, taking a trip to Port Coquitlam, meeting uh, Mayor Brad West and his uh, and his team, and and just talking and discussing um, about deficiencies of uh, how they achieved such amazing results, uh, you know, and and then keep the taxes so low. So what happened? The okay, this has got to be a no brainer, <laughs> right? Like you, um, all you asked yeah. was for a delegation to go to Port Coquitlam. I think you said. 
that it, we, we didn't need to go on an international delegation. That's we'll, right. I, uh, I won't, we won't point out <laughs> which uh, yeah. folks have been traveling internationally in <clears throat> Dubai. Um, so, you know, um, I think you, you said we don't need international trips, but what we do need is to go to local communities in Metro Vancouver and find out, like Port Coquitlam, which is our neighbor, what they're doing. Now, what happened? Because I know our listeners are going to want to know. I'm sure they're thinking this got yeah. voted in uh, unanimous. Uh, you're absolutely right. I did mention about uh, um, the international trip. And uh, here we can just go uh, a few kilometers and talk to the team at uh, Port Coquitlam. I think you said it was going to be a carbon-free trip because I think we were going to go by a SkyTrain then take a bus over to Poco. And well, I, I, I can't remember if I said that, but that definitely... Uh, <laughs> I think you alluded to it. I alluded to it. And uh, yes, we can definitely uh, take the SkyTrain. And, uh, I think uh, they offer business class trips on SkyTrain <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to Port Coquitlam. I'm pretty sure we can. <laughs> um, but uh, I thought it was a great idea. You know, uh, sometimes we got to look at other people or in this case, uh, Port Coquitlam and uh, the mayor and his team. Um, there is something always to learn from somebody that is doing a wonderful job. And in this case, we had an opportunity to just go and have a little talk, discussion, conversations, and, and, and ask what they are doing so differently where they're being able to maintain such low taxes for their residents. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there was anything wrong with that. We, we need to look at other sources um, if there is something that we can enhance on for our residents, why there's nothing wrong with it, and and we should encourage something like that. And you need to call out something that is working, and you also need to call out something that's not working. And I think, like I was saying earlier, everything starts at the top. And right now, at the present, the residents are very, very uh, unhappy uh, with the way things are turning out to be in the West, and. Um, well, yeah, the motion got defeated 5-2. Oh, sorry, 4-2. Yeah, that's correct. It was 4-2. So so the motion was defeated with the two of us voting in favor of, of learning from Port Coquitlam and uh, four of our community first colleagues, uh, sorry, three of our community first colleagues and independent, uh, one, right. one member of council is now independent. Independent, I, I yes. think, Although I think they still kind of I have publicly stated that they vote pretty much in tandem with the rest of the community first, but... But nonetheless, they are uh, declared as an independent. So the four of them voted no. And, um, and we were, I think, pretty clear in our support that this had not a reflection on our staff. Had Absolutely nothing to right. do with, with whether or not we have good staff or not. Um, this had Actually, everything. we have very good staff, yeah. uh, Daniel. They do an amazing job. And, and they, I, I'm very sure they're going to keep doing an amazing job. It's got nothing to do with the staff, like you said. It was about failed leadership we were talking about. Yeah. And uh, and like I said, it all starts at the top and, and it trickles down. Yeah, it is about failed leadership and, and, and it shouldn't even require a motion, to be honest. That's if, right. if we had a, a leader uh, in the city and the mayor that saw the bigger picture and could actually maybe encourage us to all go for a trip to Port Coquitlam to learn, you don't need to be forced into this by asking for a motion. In fact, we, we also talked about Burnaby next door has also got taxes even lower than Port Coquitlam. And they're building, Paul. I mean, go to Burnaby. There is uh, new skating rinks, new community centers, new public libraries, new trails, new walkways, new, 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 new. The list goes on and on uh, in Burnaby. And you're absolutely right. Uh, 
Burnaby is also doing a fabulous job. If need be, we can go to Burnaby. We, I mean, I'm, I think, I believe you suggested that. As I well. did. I did. And then uh, again, doesn't even take a bus ride. We can just we take SkyTrain. We have a direct SkyTrain line, and we can go there. Um, but again, um, like I said earlier, um, uh, the leadership starts at the top, and 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 uh, um, I want uh, to feel proud of my mayor. Mm-hmm. But uh, when decisions like these are being made, um, where we have failed leadership at the top, it is uh, it's, it's challenging. Yeah, it's been it's been a, a long 15, 16 months of, of of real failed leadership, and 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 we have a you know a few more years to go. But I think from the um, uh, what we saw, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about before the end of the podcast what happened at the uh, by election results. Leave that to the end of the program, but. Um, the public is connecting with a lot of what we're talking about. They, they, you know, like I told the mayor, I go outside, go outside City Hall and 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 stop reading spreadsheets and stop reading uh, materials that are coming to you and talk to average New Westminster residents who are going to tell you that they they can't get their kids in a sport and recreation program. It's like winning a lottery. They, Very they, true. Yeah, they can't get their kids uh, into into uh, skating programs because there's not enough surface ice. You know, all that kind of stuff, like. We even heard from the, uh, the the delegation that came in for the ball hockey, and they were going to Vancouver. Yes, and then um, Yapsi right. Um, well, that that parents. presentation for the listeners who weren't there, there was a great presentation of some That's young right. kids and some parents who came in and talked about how there's so little uh, recreation facilities in New Westminster that the the kids who play ball hockey and my son was one of them at one point had to go into Vancouver. That's right, into Vancouver and Burnaby to play ball hockey, and the kids were saying. You know, we want to play at home. We don't want to be driving in our cars and spending two hours a day, you know, driving into Vancouver to play ball hockey. They had every right to bring this forward. And I thought it was a great delegation with those young children and how passionate they were. Um, just the, the look on their faces mm-hmm. and the smiles. Uh, I think we uh, in New West as elected officials should be able to deliver something uh, for these young children. The next item on the agenda was the uh, motion that I brought forward, and that was to increase support in the budget um, to enhance the work done by local resident associations. You and I have been so incredibly impressed. Um, I work with Massey Heights, uh, Connaught Heights, and I believe you work with um, the West End and also with... Um, Ginger Drive, Ginger- Victoria Hill. Yes, so you you and I each have been assigned to communities, but and we attend each other's resident association meetings as well as others. Um I will say that I, I, I said it in the council chamber. I was surprised that the city, given how much money flows through all those budgets on, on things like a half a million dollars, for example, on a mushroom wall in Queens Park that council felt was a priority, um, yet these resident associations are literally dealing with crumbs. They've been given $200 a year to manage websites, etc. So we moved a motion to, uh, we didn't go like, huge out of the way, but we were looking to add another $200. It's not a lot, but it'll help the resident associations per year. And also um, to, uh, if you have a larger association to maybe give you an extra $200, just because it likely would be some additional activities as a result of that. And um, yeah, so the motion got on the floor and it was severed, meaning there was three parts to it, which meant that it was going to have three separate votes. I am pleased to say that it did get unanimous support. Uh, for the $200 of extra funding. So so thanks to council. Give credit where credit is due. Council did support 
the extra $200 for the operations of the, but what I did hear, which concerned me a lot was discussions around reports and reports and reports. I think I heard that word two or three times that council wanted for $200. (laughs) Yeah. I almost burst out laughing, to be honest. I, yeah. uh, they wanted to report. What was your thought on that? Um, uh, the same as yours, Daniel. Uh, uh, we're talking about $2,000, uh, you know, uh, $2,000. Uh, it was like pulling teeth out of a hen. Um, I understand the fact of good practice for accounting and stuff like that. Um, when we are spending... Uh, thousands or millions of dollars. Here we're talking about $2,000 uh, for these residents' association. And that would have meant, let's assume they all get the $200. Yeah. We're talking over 10 reports that have to That's be right. written for $2,000. That's right. <laughs> the amount of work that it would have created. Um, so, yes, I'm glad it got passed. Yeah. Uh, I'm very happy. And uh, I'm hoping uh, that... Uh, there'll be better engagement, public engagement uh, within these residents' associations. So we did get the $200, hopefully, because um, uh, the, the motion didn't say that they were required to, to produce some long reports. So I'm certainly hoping that it's just a matter of an email to explain where the $200 went. Uh, they did get approval as well um, to, uh, if they didn't need the $200, they didn't have to apply. So if the, if the association doesn't need it, they don't have to apply for it. Yeah. The um, the third part of the motion, though, did get defeated, and that was the part where we were trying to get an extra two hundred dollars for uh, uh, a larger uh, resident associations with more membership, and that got defeated because um, Councillor Nakagawa said that she couldn't support a motion that didn't support equity, uh, and didn't feel that giving larger associations was equitable and fair. So, so what I said was, well pass an amendment. You've had the motion for two weeks now. You've had the opportunity to draft an amendment to the motion to provide that equity, and there was no amendment that got brought forward. All they did was they took the blunt instrument of voting no against this, which means now that the larger resident associations don't, don't, get, the, don't get the support. But what was interesting about the vote? Because if you remember, it wasn't a 4-2 vote on that one. That's right. Uh, this was a very interesting vote. Uh, it was a 3-3 vote, and... Uh... Um, the result of that uh, was very, very interesting. Because a 3-3 vote, just for our listeners, uh, so we had Councillor Henderson, myself, and Councillor Minnis all vote in favor of giving the larger resident associations extra 200, and then the other three members of council voted against. But a 3-3 tie gets defeated. So the the, the $200, even though we had three votes, because Councillor McAvoy wasn't at the meeting, but but because of that 3-3, unfortunately, it ended up, um, got defeated. That's right. So the, the resident associations will have to wait a little bit longer um, to determine whether or not. And I did try on that motion to refer that particular part of the motion to the resident association forum that we have to a larger and to legislative staff to maybe have a review of it. And that got defeated as well. That's right. Councillor Minhas, um, at this stage of the uh, session, we had finished the uh, motions and now we went to public delegations and public delegations is when the, um, the public gets the opportunity to come to speak to council. They're limited to only 10 speakers. You mentioned earlier that that group with the ball hockey came, they were the first speaker to come in. So, so 10 people were scheduled to speak, many of whom wanted to speak to the budget and a variety of other issues, which is their um, democratic right to come to council. And unfortunately, council got shut down because somebody came to council, 
they um, uh, continuously had to be interrupted by both the mayor and also through myself, through points of order, being told that they were uh, crossing the line and were breaking the procedures bylaw with some of their commentary. They went on and on. And long story short, I don't want to belabor this, but council had to uh, effectively shut down, go into a, a recess um, for about an hour. The individual did not want to leave the chamber, stayed at the, 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 the table. And what happened to all those people who were waiting to um, to speak to council? Uh, you know, Daniel, I uh, I wasn't happy at all with this, uh, what transpired on Monday uh, with the second delegation. Um, basically, he hijacked everyone uh, in the chamber, including the other delegates as well, who did not get a chance to speak, uh, who were looking forward uh, to speak and as well uh, get heard. Um, it's absolutely wrong uh, what happened and what transpired. And I believe uh, the mayor um, could have done a lot of things different. I remember uh, one of the previous meetings where the same gentleman, along with a lot of other of his supporters, came in and tried to hijack. And there was different delegates um, that tried to talk about the same talk topic, uh, where uh, acting mayor Jamie McAvoy did a fabulous job Absolutely. of controlling Absolutely. Uh, yeah. the chamber. Uh, he would warn them, and if need be, he would turn off the mic, uh, he would cut off the mic, and uh, he would even ask the delegate to, to step aside. And I believe the same thing could have been done or something different that could work. But for the mayor to not take uh, any credible action in regards to this led to what happened. And I think um, at the end of the day, the people lost out. And and, and that's my, that, like, to be honest, like, that's what really upset me the most was that all those people who came to council, who wanted to speak to council, who have a yes. democratic right to speak to council on core issues, issues on things right. that relate directly to council were, were basically shut out because Councillor Nakagawa brought a motion in December on, on a conflict, an international conflict. She brought that motion for debate in the chamber. Um, we won't regurgitate that, but you and I did not vote on, on that particular motion because we want to stick to core issues for the city. And again, uh, another uh, uh, debate on, on an international conflict, a war offshore, uh, became a discussion at council. And, and yet all these people who wanted to speak about things like sidewalks and, and, and budgets for community centers and things like that all got sent home packing because they, they couldn't speak. You're absolutely right. Again, um, Councilor Nakagawa brought in this motion, which is way beyond our control. Uh, we do not work on a federal level. We do not work on the UN level or whatever other international bodies that are in power. Um, our mandate um, is to address, again, the core services for our residents. And, and uh, like you explained earlier, um, this is way beyond our control. And this did not need to happen the way it just created a lot of divisiveness ever since yeah. this motion got brought forward. And we it's, warned we warned yeah. about that. We said yeah. that bringing in motions that focus on things like international conflicts 
um, are only going to serve to divide the community. Again, failed leadership, yeah. divisive approach, and now we have a dysfunctional city hall. And I think that uh, you're going to hear me talk a lot about that because I think the public needs to hear this. If the public, if more people in the public were in there in that room, they would have seen how dysfunctional City Hall has become. You're absolutely right. Again, it did not need to happen is what I'm trying to get at. Um, there was different ways uh, these things could have been addressed. And um, the mayor chose not to take action on a lot of these things. And hence... Uh, the result was what everybody saw. And I encourage the people uh, from within the city uh, to come to the chamber, uh, become a voice, become a part, delegate, um, get involved, um, because we need to uh, get our city back. Okay, Paul, we've uh, kind of come to pretty much the end of the agenda there could, because the council agenda ended abruptly. So there were a few other motions that were there, notices of motion, but because the council meeting ended, we didn't even have a chance to adopt them or to, That's so right. I'm assuming they're going to kind of move forward. That's right. But you know what? It's that time of the <laughs> podcast because everyone has been giving me some amazing feedback on our new feature called Bell or Buzzer. I've been hearing such amazing things from the people. They really, really enjoyed uh, this new feature that you have included in your podcast. Even um, certain other council members uh, from other municipalities uh, <laughs> had a chance to listen to uh, your podcast, yep. and uh, uh, they uh, they definitely had some uh, some comments and and words and uh, how appreciative they were. Uh, Beller Buzzer has become a big hit in a matter of only weeks. And so we're going to be doing another edition of Beller Buzzer with Councillor Paul Minhas. You haven't heard Beller Buzzer. This is how it works. I read the question out to Councillor Minhas. I give him multiple choice uh, opportunities to respond. And if he gets it right, he gets the bell. If he gets the answer wrong, he gets the buzzer. And we uh, have been uh, kind of theming bell and beller buzzer. So today's theme is, uh, uh, what a shock, Port Coquitlam. Okay, let me ask you uh, a question, Daniel. Uh, if I need help, uh, do I have a <laughs> lifeline? Uh, do I call a friend? Uh, you you know, that's another feature on Beller Buzzer <laughs> that when we get the technology and we get, um, you know, a cell phone attached to podcast and all that kind of stuff, we will do that, Paul. That's a really okay, good suggestion. But before good. that, we're going to play Beller Buzzer as it stands. So here we go. Um, so listen carefully to the question. And I have not provided the answers to Councillor Minas in advance, um, so he's not, uh, he's going to just be answering these questions. So here we go. Here's the first question. Which Metro Vancouver mayor made the following statement to the media? Quote, we delivered this ambitious project on time and within budget, even with the challenges of COVID-19 pandemic, and that's definitely worth celebrating, unquote. Was it A, Mayor Brad West from Port Coquitlam? talking about his new $132 million community and recreation center? Was it B, New West Mayor Patrick Johnstone in reference to the new $114 million aquatic and community center? Or was it C, Mayor Ken Sim in reference to this rebuilt 
$150 million Hillcrest Community Centre? Or finally, was it D? No mayor is laying claim any longer to building any projects on time or on <laughs> budget. <laughs> uh, that's a very, very tough question, Daniel. Uh, uh, if uh, people haven't been watching the news, uh, they wouldn't know this answer, but uh, I've been watching the news quite a bit. And uh, so I, I already have the answer, and I think my, uh, my answer is A, uh, Mayor uh, Brad West, and uh, that's my final answer. Thank you. You have to say that, otherwise I will not consider it as your final <laughs> answer. So let's go. Let's see if we hear the bell or the buzzer. Ta-da! You got the bell. Congratulations. And what's really interesting is uh, that Mayor uh, Brad West did say it was on time and on budget, that $132 million project, unlike the uh, Thomas Out Aquatic and Community Centre, which is being built here, uh, is over budget, and I believe it's, it's delayed. Uh, so even though both projects roughly around the same cost, both being done roughly during COVID and having uh, impacts of COVID, one was built on time and on budget, and uh, this project is, I believe, $8 million above what the original uh, cost was. So, okay, congratulations. You're one, or one and oh, I guess is the, the proper correct here. Here's the next question. Uh, New Westminster, with a rapidly growing population of 80,000 people, has only two aging old playing surfaces uh, in Moody uh, Arena, and the Queen's Park Arena. I think Queen's Park Arena was built in 1937, just to tell you how old it is. In Port Coquitlam, with its population of only 60,000 people, they have a number of newer rinks. And I'm saying newer because they're not built in 1937. They're built like within literally the last few years. So how many newer rinks do the, does the, how many rinks does the city of Port Coquitlam have for its kids to play things like lacrosse and skating and hockey and things like that. I'm here. Is it A, one rink? Is it B, two rinks? Is it C, three rinks? Or is it D, four rinks? Uh, again, uh, like I said earlier, uh, for the, uh, the first question that you had, I've been watching the news quite a bit and I've been following other uh, municipal leaders throughout the lower mainland. And uh, the answer is uh, C, um, Port okay, that's going to be hard to uh, swallow. Okay, so the 60,000 people versus 80,000, and right. that city has three, three ranks. Is that your final answer? Is that's, that... Uh, um, it's a hard one to believe. It's, but... it's hard, you know. Okay. One, two, three, four, mm -hmm. you know. It's very challenging to answer this question, but I, it's my final answer. Okay, it's three. locked it in. You're locked in at three. Yes, so right. this small city, smaller <laughs> city of 60,000 people, that's locked your, your stretch. You're going out on a limb here. That they have three That's right. skating rinks, newer skating, skating rinks. Here we go. Was it a bell or a buzzer? <laughs> you got it. You got it. Okay. Two for O. There you go. And I'm not giving him the answer. So you are you are getting the answers on your own, but good. Good for you. Let's see if you can keep it going. Keep the streak alive. Here we go. Question number three. New Westminster scheduled to increase property taxes in our city by 14.1% over two years including this year. What is the comparable tax increase for the city of Port Coquitlam? So here are the responses. Was it A, did they increase taxes over two years by 14.9%? B, 12.4%? C, 10.7%? Or D, 8.9%? 
I believe it's uh, number D. And uh, uh, yes, the difference is quite a bit between New West and, uh, and, and Port Coquitlam. Uh, and my final answer is uh, D. Okay, you're, you're going out on a limb again. I'm so New limb. West did 14%, and you're saying that Port Coquitlam, a city the size of 60,000 that's, that's building right. new skating years. rinks, that's, that's hiring more firefighters, more police, all that. You're telling me that they had your Very true. Eight point, uh, okay. uh, with all the <clears throat> amenities that mm -hmm. Port Coquitlam are providing, uh, like you mentioned about the, the firefighters, uh, the police, Bylaw officers too. By -law Sorry, don't officers, forget that. Yeah. Free parking spaces. Oh yeah, I forgot that. about the free parking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, it's very. Okay, true. let's let's the get to it. Answer Please. Is, final answer. Uh, D. Okay. At uh, yeah. Eight point nine percent. Okay, here we go. It's locked in. Is it bell or buzzer? You got it. You got. <laughs> you're on a roll, Councilor Minas. You are on a roll. So is Port Coquitlam, by the way. But you're on that's a roll. That's right. Actually, uh, uh, I think. Port Coquitlam is the one that's on a roll uh, throughout the lower mainland uh, out of the 21 municipalities. And uh, once again, I can't say uh, what an amazing job the council, the staff, and the mayor of Port Coquitlam are doing for the lower mainland. Again, it's all about leadership. Starts at the top. Here we go. That's right. Uh, the next question for you, and a final question on bell or buzzer. How many free, free, underground parking spaces, underground, free underground. So when you're underground, you don't get wet, you don't get soaked, you don't, you know, your stuff. So how many free underground parking spaces are available to local residents in Port Coquitlam at their new community center? Here we go. Number one, 300. Number two, 400. Number three, 425. Or number four, zero, because they don't believe in providing free parking to local residents at all. What is the answer? Can you repeat that? Yes, question? I can. So it's okay. Here we go. Sorry, I, read, I was fast. So number one, 300 parking spaces. Number two, 400 parking spaces. Number three, 425 free parking spaces. Or the last one is they don't provide any free parking spaces because they don't believe in doing that in the city of Port Coquitlam. What's the answer? Uh, I think all those answers are wrong. <laughs> well are you sure because the answer is there so it the is there it's 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 either answer is it a b c or d which which wow one? this is a tough one um i know they provided 57 free spaces uh parking spots so this is just in the community center just, in the just community. alone i know that so they did provide 57 free parking spaces right. in their downtown core so this one is a tough one. this is a different uh, this is a, a lifeline on this you one? cannot get a lifeline <laughs> you cannot okay no i'll give you a hint how's that okay. well maybe not like that so i'll give you a hint um let's put it this way there are a lot of free Parking spaces underneath the Port Coquitlam. Does that so that kind of eliminates? I think I, one answer. I believe it's number C. Okay, number C. I, I believe so. Okay, you're picking four twenty-five. Four twenty-five. Okay, okay. Is that your um, no answer? Uh, that's well. Uh, let's. You know, let's this go. is it. If you if yeah. you fail this one, you, you you have a perfect record so far. But no, <laughs> I don't want to pressure you. But want to stick with it? I I will stick with it. Uh, four hundred twenty-five. Okay, number C. Number C. Here we go. Bell or buzzer? Congratulations, you got it right. Four hundred and twenty-five. That's amazing. Free parking, parking spaces, spaces that you do not get dinged. You don't get 
you have to go to the meter, pull out your credit card, all that stuff. You do not have to do that at the Port Coquitlam Community Centre. Um, I've confirmed that, that it's actually free parking at the Port Coquitlam Community Centre. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do at the Thomas Out, uh, the new aquatic centre, whether or not, I don't know if we, we don't think we have any confirmation yet as to where that will go, but I don't think there was any plans right now for paid parking. But we know for sure that the uh, community centre in Port Coquitlam and the underground parking, could you imagine they've uh, not used all that surface space uh, land for uh, parking space they actually went underground that's kind of novel isn't it yeah i think uh <clears throat> that's a great service uh, especially living in the lower mainland you have rain and uh, you know, snow i mean it's you nice. know, we're not getting much snow right no. now but uh, <laughs> uh definitely the rain and uh you know it keeps the the young people um, the parents anybody uh you know they're not soaked and um a great service so congratulations and when well, we get you. you back we'll play our next edition of bell or buzzer I'm looking forward to it again. Man, this is a lot of fun. To wrap up the podcast, we have a few items uh, in the limited uh, time that we have remaining. A uh, few things. Um, there's a crime and safety report that is coming to council. Uh, you and I drafted that report. It'll be distributed to council, I think, in a few weeks. That will uh, kind of summarize the forum, the crime forum that we did. So I just wanted to mention that. As well, uh, Councillor Minhas, um, on February 29th, you and I are hosting a roundtable with pretty much every single organized sport um, within the community. We want to hear from the organized sport community. We want to know what um, uh, you know their aspirations are, um, uh, what their priorities are, so that we can advocate for them uh, at City Council. So had some great responses to that. Um, on April 11th, we have a, a daycare forum. Did you want to talk a little about that? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, there's so many parents within the city um, um, find it very, very challenging. Um, we don't have enough daycare centers. And it, like I said, it's um, if you do get in, it's like winning a lotto. Mm. And uh, we got two amazing guests. Uh, and Sharon Gregson, who right. is uh, an, a child care advocate, yeah. amazing. Um, She's uh, fought really hard. Adrian Montani. Yeah, I, I, I've never met them personally myself, but I've uh, read up on them, and uh, their resume speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. And and I'm so looking forward to this. And I think the parents um, or anybody else that wants to come to this forum will definitely enjoy and have a uh, you know a lot uh, they can learn from. Yeah, it's taking place at the Unity Church in the West End. It's going to have limited space, probably for about 100 people or so. Um, so just check out the New West Progressives website if you want to go there. Um, there is a there is a link there for the Eventbrite, or you can just search on Eventbrite and you can find it there. And yeah, we've got the two special panelists as well. I know that um, we're looking to get a couple of local uh, residents um, who have been impacted by a lack of daycare and we'd like to get them on the panel so we're going to be announcing them uh, very soon and uh, so stay tuned also uh councillor minas at the second annual spring fundraiser i know you're going to do a little pitch for that one yeah uh, i'm i'm really looking forward to this one um, the first one last year uh we held it at uh Taverna. sold out and, yep. uh, um, and 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 it was just absolutely amazing the turnout that we had um, this year, people were already asking me in in, uh, in January, uh, when are we having it? And we finally have locked the date down. I believe it's April 18th, and it's on a Thursday. 
And if you haven't uh, purchased your tickets, please um, get it as soon as possible. And I'm so looking forward to it. It also gives us a chance, gives me a chance to speak to the people. Um, sometimes you don't see them for a while. And um, if they have any questions or anything like that, you can definitely answer those questions. Yep. And $75 are the tickets and they are available on Eventbrite or also at the New West Progressives website. If you click That's on right. the events page, you can, you can see that. And lastly, we've got uh, Counselor Cafe coming up. It's so far into May. I'm just going to mention it, but we, it's for the downtown and Keyside residents. Um, we're organizing that. So we have a very, very hectic spring <laughs> schedule. That's right. Uh, you know, and, and I like uh, these uh, forums that we have, whether it's a counselor's cafe for the residents or the business community, or even this uh, town hall meetings that we're having. Um, it, it gives us a chance to listen to the people. Um, look, uh, basically hear what people are looking for, uh, what affects them, how it affects them. And uh, having this two-way uh, street of a dialogue is, I think, great, especially when we can bring some amazing panelists um, that know what they're talking about on this particular topics. Um, I think people get a chance to hear them, and it's, it's just, I think it's fabulous. And uh, I'm hearing great positive feedback from from the residents of New West. And we're hoping to have uh, newly elected uh, uh, trustee Absolutely. Kathleen Carlson there oh, as well. Oh, that's so exciting. You know, uh, so many people have been talking about uh, Miss Kathleen, now school board trustee uh, elect uh, Kathleen Carlson. Um, uh, it gives uh, trustee um, Danielle uh, a partner uh, to speak on bring forward motions that they can do. Um, there'll be a seconder, uh, just like ourselves in the council as well. Uh, so uh, exciting news and uh, congratulations to um, yeah, school trustee-elect. Uh, uh, congratulations. Congratulations to Kathleen. Great victory, very strong victory. And, and yeah. also kudos to the other three candidates. Absolutely. They did name. a fabulous job of running. And it's not easy to put your name in uh, and, and, and run, whether you're running for a um, city council or whether you're running for a school board. Um, uh, you know, congratulations to uh, Sean Sorensen, mm -hmm. um, Alejandro. Alejandro Diaz, okay. and as well as um, Jalen Bakra. Yeah, all three of them had their name on the ballot. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and and uh, I I have been inundated as have you uh, with uh, through the New West Progressives email site. People just saying congratulations. It's it's a sign of things to come in 2026. It's going to be a majority for the New West Progressives on council and on school board. We will bring that leadership to council and we'll bring that leadership to the school board that is so desperately needed to make sure that um, that our, our schools are operating more effectively and that uh, our city council is no longer dysfunctional. You know, I've been hearing the same thing uh, over and over again, and more and more people are getting engaged uh, throughout the city. Uh, whether we're talking about childcare, whether we're talking about schools, whether we're talking about uh, in the council itself, uh, what are we going to be doing as we move forward to 2026. So Paul, thank you for coming again for this council roundup. And I just want to remind our listeners that if you're enjoying these podcasts, as have so many people are getting lots of subscribers, I, I, the, the, the listens and downloads of the podcast are going through the, the, the roof, which is great. It's really nice to see that, but we're still building our audience. So if you like this podcast, make sure to tell your friends and tell your family to subscribe and to, to put us on their, their playlist. And when the new episodes come out, you will get a notification either through Spotify, Amazon, uh, Apple Podcast, etc. So make sure that you you uh, you follow us and that uh, 
and that'll encourage us to make sure that we continue to produce some some content for you. So thank you so much, Councillor Mines, for coming by. And uh, before we wrap up, just on a personal note, we want to send our our best regards and best wishes to our colleague, uh, Councillor Jamie McAvoy. One of the I truly will say this from the heart. One of the nicest people that I know. Um, he's genuinely a caring individual. Uh, cares about our city. And he had a heart attack um, just uh, within the last week. And he's at Royal Columbian and he's um, on the mend. He's going to have to have some surgery and, and he's going to be off work for a few months. But I know um, there's a big void in the council. Absolutely right. Um, it's very sad to hear what happened uh, with Councillor Jamie McAvoy. Uh, incredible, uh, a longtime uh, political figure within the city hall. Uh, I believe he's on his fifth term. Uh, great voice uh, for the people, the residents of New West. And it's very sad to hear what happened. Um, he definitely needs some time off and uh, take care of himself. And uh, it definitely he'll be missed uh, uh, in the council and the chamber. He will be missed and we wish him a speedy recovery. Absolutely. And on that note, thank you so much, Councillor Minas. Thank you, uh, Councillor uh, Fontaine. And it's a pleasure again and uh, a lot of fun uh, to do these uh, uh, podcasts and uh, especially uh, the bell and the buzzer. We'll be doing it again soon. <laughs> okay. Bye now. Bye. You've been listening to For the Record with Daniel Fontaine. The opinions expressed in this podcast are my own and not necessarily representative of New Westminster City Council. Thanks for tuning in.